This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Zach and I only speaking in reverse for the next few episodes. Have you ever heard of insect politics? Neither have I. Insects don't have politics. They're very brutal. No compassion. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Roll the Credits, the podcast, the only podcast that merged itself with a fly. <laughs> a little on the nose on that one. Correct. <laughs> I'm Frank. I'm Zach. Uh, before we get into it, I would like to go on a small rant for just a minute or two. 12 hours. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, obviously, we're in the Halloween season, and I was in kind of like what you're doing, where I'm like, okay, I want to like watch some horror films. Yeah. So, um, and I was trying to watch ones that I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. So, I came across a movie called Sinister. And I don't know if you've ever seen Sinister. The one with... Um, Ethan Hawke. Yeah. Yeah, I've And seen it. it was one of the most disappointing movies I've ever seen. Well, yeah. Because it it started off with such a great premise, and mm-hmm. I was so into it, and then it just turned into, like, the most generic and stupid movie. And I was so mad. I feel like we've talked about it before. I feel like I've told you Sinister sucks. Maybe you told me that it sucks, but I never saw it. <laughs> and I don't, remember, I don't remember you telling me that. So, incredible opening scene. Oh, yeah. The family getting hung, mm-hmm. all quiet. It's like on like eight millimeter or nine millimeter film. Yeah, it's awesome. Everything on the film is great. Everything the 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 killings are gruesome mm-hmm. and grotesque, and the uncovering of it, him finding like the nine millimeter like canisters and like finding everything. And I'm like, okay, this is actually really cool. Like he um, possibly uncovered like a serial killer, mm-hmm. and then it turns into just like, oh, this guy like lives in the pictures. Yeah. And can kill your children or, or like, no, the chil- your children. He makes the children kill you. And the makeup at the end was mm-hmm. so bad for the kids. It, it was like the most dollar store, like, hey, throw some white around <laughs> on the face and some black around the eyes and call it a day. And everybody said this was like the scariest movie to come out in years. It was one of the most disappointing horror films I've ever seen. Because again, I was, I was like really invested into it, like the first 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, this is really cool, actually. The killings were. Like really, really cool, um, and the nine millimeter look or the eight millimeter look was really awesome. And then it just fucking fizzled out into nothing. The stuff is much better. The stuff, yeah. Is that a movie? That is a movie. It's very good. <laughs> All right. Well, um, cool. Anyway, <laughs> actually, to the movie we're doing. Yeah. So we are doing uh, the fly. Mm-hmm. Zach, tell us what's going on. This is the good one. Not to say I don't like the Vincent Price one. Um, but the this is the fly that came out in 1986, directed by the great David Cronenberg, who is, in my opinion, one of the top directors when it comes to body horror. Um, I don't know if you've seen like some of his other stuff, like Scanners and Videodrome. I've seen Scanners, yeah. Videodrome with a uh, it's no. fucking crazy. <laughs> it's nuts. So, but anyways, you only got a few people in here. You have the great Jeff Goldblum playing Seth Brundle. You have Gina Davis who plays Veronica. And then you have John Getz, who plays Stathis Borens, the weird ex-boyfriend. And then also a fun fact, uh, Cronenberg is actually the gynecologist towards the end. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, 
And if for whatever reason you haven't seen this movie before, uh, it's a movie about a man who is a scientist and he is working on teleportation. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, during one of his experiments, he accidentally fuses himself with a flock. <laughs> and, the, uh, the premise sounds funny. <laughs> it is. And he becomes a, uh, a hybrid human fly person. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of what the movie's about. And this is, I thought that this was kind of an unconventional pick. For um for a movie, just because like this, this, I don't think that this movie is like barely a horror film. You know what? Yeah, like it kind of it towards the end, like the last like twenty minutes constitutes as a horror film. Yeah, everything else is more about like this very weird way to talk about like, in my opinion, the aging process that we all go through, um, and then just relationships. Yeah, I just mean, this, the, this the, is basically like a romance. Mm-hmm. Um. Small, like, stuff that I... Because I mostly, like, adore this film. There are, like, little things that I didn't think um, really was executed as well as it could have been. You mean everything with Stathis? Well, yeah. So, <laughs> like, he's the weird. worst. Weird. Yeah. Super weird. Yeah. And I, I just don't really care for his character. And I don't really care for him being kind of like the hero at the end of it. Um, eh, not really. But, I mean, he's still, like, a creep. No, he's a weirdo. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's he just, like, hates... Um, uh, Seth so much yeah and he's just like never met the guy <laughs> um, sounds and, like your girlfriend with me <laughs> and it's just like it, I don't know I just don't really care for his character and then the all and then really the only other thing that I felt was the movie is pretty much like 90 minutes mm-hmm. so like this film does not overstay its welcome and they kind of trim out all the fat yeah. on this film and I just don't necessarily buy into their relationship as deeply and as like as as it's kind of being portrayed because they've known each other for like three days yeah i'm glad you brought this up because this was like because again i i love this movie i watch this movie like once a year like during this time just because of like one jeff goldblum and two like the fly concept is so great yeah um and the relationship between veronica and seth is just right out of the gate like it feels super rushed oh yeah in, in terms of like just development and then also like pacing wise in the film. Yep. I, it's just like so strange that, I mean, he, they've literally known each other for like, I think they spent one night together Yeah, and they're like, let's go on a vacation. It's like, (laughs) we're in love. It's like, I don't wear jewelry. And then he finds like the, the uh, heart necklace and is like, this is the only jewelry you'll ever wear. Yeah. Um, so other than that though, I pretty Mm. much think that this is like a perfect, um, movie truthfully. Mm. Like when it comes to, a a film that is trying to tackle like multiple subjects mm-hmm. um and also giving like delivering the goods at the end of body horror amazing yeah i mean the and i really love seth mm-hmm. i think seth he's he's like he's he, a very awkward guy a but typical like, like what you would imagine a nerdy scientist is mm-hmm. like he's he's like kind of like like really kind of lovable in a in a weird way but he's awkward he's kind of got like his weird quirks about him mm-hmm. um and he's like really just obsessive about his work yeah i love that too where it's like asking her out it's like i got one word for you cheeseburger <laughs> <laughs> and that's just his way of asking her out on a date yeah and uh and i think um jeff goldblum is great as mm-hmm. him and i was kind of like a little nervous going into it because mm-hmm. I was like I wonder if like his acting is going to hold up. There are as... certain points where it's like eh. Yeah, but, but I mean that's mainly in like the first 20 minutes of meeting Veronica. Yeah. Um 
other than that, though, I mean, like, once he actually starts the transformation, and the one thing I really like about the movie is that once the transformation happens, or or the 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 fusion has happened, mm-hmm. and now the trans the transformation is begun. I mean, it pretty much is just nonstop. Yeah, I love the fact where it's like the the next night afterwards. It's this very like immediate yet like very short time span where. Seth is basically like superhuman. Like yeah. he he is like the apex of a human being. And I think that was really cool. And then immediately he gets taken away by like the next scene where it's like you start seeing where, you know, he's over hyperactive and like he's starting to get like the blemishes on his face and like he's starting to become very erratic. Yeah. And it's like immediately you see where it's like that one night he was like perfect like the perfect human being yeah and now everything is spiraling down yeah and i mean i think that was really him doing all of those like oh yeah because it looks like him for sure he's pretty in shape like the man's (laughs) always been like in decent shape um one thing too that i want to put real quick is um a little fun fact for it so i don't know if you knew this uh jeff goldblum actually sent a letter to vincent price um, saying that I hope you love this movie just as much as I loved yours, mm. because Vincent Price was the original Fly, like in the nineteen fifty-two. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, it also just like is it's not really a remake because it's the the other one is like very different. Oh yeah, it's yeah. like extremely different. Mm. You know, it, it's like very much what is it like a guy? It's like a murder mystery. That mm-hmm. the first one, the first one was like a murder mystery of like, hey. This guy got killed by like a hydraulic pump or something. Yeah. And now we're going to try to solve what happened. Mm-hmm. And fuse his body with a fly to yeah. like keep him alive. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like, I mean, it, it's it's old school horror. It's yeah. like, hey, let's show it. Like, like, it's more like Twilight Zoney. Yeah. Um, Which is, than, I mean, hey, I love Vincent Price. So Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, it's kind of annoying that people just call it like a remake because it's really not. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it has, I don't know. It's like. Like it the isn't, thing, it isn't. the thing is not really a remake of uh, the original. Yeah, the thing from another world. Yeah, like it's, it's an so addition to different. it. It's it's actually an addition to it because they show like a lot of the stuff from a thing from another world in the thing. Yeah, which is really cool. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just definitely like I don't I don't know. I just definitely don't consider it a remake. Mm-hmm. It's kind of its own thing, and and obviously the story is very very different. Yeah. Um. And and I thought it was a unique. I think it's a unique angle going at it as a as a romance film because mm-hmm. generally, like I said in the beginning, was kind of an unconventional pick is because like this is literally, for the most part, a romance film, and then slowly watching a man kind of die. Yeah. But also like. He's becoming like he's kind of the victim in this movie, and that's why I say like it's very much like reminiscent to like the the idea of aging because it's like you see like this aging process of him from being like apex strong to like super weak, yeah, like throughout the film. And I guess like a lot of people when this first came out, um, put like a metaphor of like AIDS epidemic with it, maybe. And like I I get it and I don't get it, um. Because, like, it doesn't really showcase, like, what AIDS is like. But I guess in the sense of you see, like, a body deteriorating over time yeah. of, like, one of your loved ones, then yeah. Right. But you can really put that for, like, any disease. <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of, like, metaphor. Like, I, I was, I know that, like, a lot of people talk about how it's actually about, like, homosexuality. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, I don't know about that. Yeah. I, I don't know, personally. Like, 
in what way? I guess it's mostly just like, hey, he, the whole movie, he's just trying to have sex with this woman. Like, yeah. <laughs> and people are like, no, it's about homosexuality. It's like, but is it? But he's trying to bang every girl now. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I, I thought that that was kind of like weird or that's kind of a weird um, interpretation of it. I don't know. I mostly just get like the whole deal of a man kind of just being so obsessed with his work and then literally becoming like fused with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, that's kind of like the metaphor that I at least take away from it because he's kind of an interesting character where in the beginning of the movie, he could really care less about the fame and about like oh, yeah. being recognized. And then after he meets Veronica, and they start their relationship, and his world kind of opens up to more than just work. Mm-hmm. He then kind of wants the recognition, and and then he's telling her to like do a story about me and record it, and you know write a whole thing about it, and then we can like really really make this like a big deal. And I thought that was an interesting uh, take because he's not like in the beginning of the movie, like I said, he's not he does he could care less yeah. about the fame. And they do that too, where it's like you know they have this very subtle scene where Veronica's like, "Didn't you wear that yesterday?" And he's like, "Oh no, it's washed." And then she goes in the closet and it's five suits of the exact same thing. Yeah. And he's like, oh, this was like a thing with Einstein where it's like less brain power to see what I want to wear. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's really cool. Like a very insightful, small thing. But at the same time, too, it showcases how little he cares about like mundane issues. Yeah. Um, and then obviously getting into the fly itself. I mean, the before, de- before we talk about that um, question for you. Why is it so easy to get baboons? Well, he uh, he has two. Yeah, he has two. And Why is it that easy to get baboons? Well, the thing is, I don't think he just got... Like, it seems like that he's had them. Like, they're brothers. Yeah, how do you get them? I don't know. Black market? I guess. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's not an easy thing to do. <laughs> but okay, yeah, body horror. That's, like, the main thing right, that we're so here Right, so I for. mean, you kind of get, like, a small little taste of what, like, what the... What it's gonna be like mm-hmm. when they first... Uh, when he fri- when he tries to teleport the first baboon, mm-hmm. and then it turns it inside out. Amazing. And yeah, and I mean it's just horrible. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, clearly there's some grotesque shit. Yeah. And then the deterioration and the um, complete and utter just deformation of Jeff Goldblum mm-hmm. is amazing, incredible. It is, and I've always said this: the fly is. Besides the thing, one of the best representations of body horror practical effects that I've yeah. ever seen in films. Yeah. I think the deterioration of like how he looks going from like again, very like intelligent, very like put together, to then getting like the blemishes on his face and then slowly like, you know, with the fingernail scene, amazing. And then the like, ear coming off. Is oh, great. it's so awesome. And like that scene where it's like he's so grotesque and everything now where it's like he's losing his fingers and he's got the gloves on yeah. to try and just like have hands. Yeah. And then his teeth falling out. Like it's done so well. And it, it brings you into this world where it's like you actually believe that this man is becoming a monster. Yeah. Um, I, I just absolutely love it. Uh, especially too, like at the... Like one of the things that I love the most too is you really see the fusion when he's starting to look very grotesque and he's doing like the subtle twitches. Yeah. Jeff Goldblum's acting when he's doing, when he's got like the tweak and stuff, mm-hmm. it really is like a fly. Yeah. It's great. 
and like it's so cool and then like him walking on the walls too like the, very, the wall scene is awesome amazing again like it's one of those things where it's like i'm wondering how they do these things in films yeah because like you i'm assuming you just paint the floor to look like it and then just turn the camera upside down while he's like walking yeah but it's done so well it is and it looks it looks incredible um and yeah, just Jeff Goldblum's acting in this movie at like when he really starts to become the fly is just so good. Yeah. Um, I love the, the throwing up. And oh, it's, it's so cool. It's so gross. It's, yeah. <laughs> I guess they did it too with like the, the mixture that they used was like egg yolks, milk and like uh jello powder to make it look disgusting like that. Yeah. But like, it's so cool and it really gives you like a representation of like how a fly eats. Yeah. Because I was like, I kept Googling stuff while I was watching the movie. I was like, do, do flies like sugar? It's like, yeah, no, they love sugar. Mm-hmm. They, they they need, they use it for like a quick source of like energy. Um, and I and was that's like, why like he was just like when they were in the coffee eating, shop. Like, candy bars and stuff. And mm-hmm. then he's always eating that. And then I was like, are flies really strong? And they're like, could they like, like comparably like to their body weight, they can carry about 50% of their body weight, mm-hmm. which is a lot. Um, and obviously they're flying around with that. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, clearly like they're strong. So that's why he gets like the superhuman strength and whatnot. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, okay. So like the detail was like, you know, really, really cool. And, yeah. and really, really, they, they really like took care of, of like ironing out and making it seem like he really was becoming a fly. Yeah. Opposed to only just, you know, um, physically like, you know, the way that he looks. Yeah. Actual, like he actually has like fly mentalities. Um, yeah. And I was like, all right, that's really cool. Another thing, too, that I, I wanted to talk about was, like, Veronica herself, like, as a character, um, especially, too, like, when she finds out that she is pregnant, and then there becomes, like, this whole metaphor, too, of, like, a woman's right to choose, where, like, she's deciding, like, no, I don't want to keep this baby. Side note, too, that dream sequence oh with the god. larva. Oh, my god. Awesome. Oh, yeah. So cool. It's, it's, it always disappoints me that it's only a dream. I know. Because, like... It's so fucking like, dude. The way that it's wiggling and mm-hmm. like, oh man. Like, like, imagine if like that actually happened. <laughs> yeah. But um. But yeah, like the the main movie itself like is very much just about like the relationship. Like the entire time, it's just like their love blossoming, and then like when he gets sick and like starts to become the fly, it's this idea that like she loves him and she can't let him go, but she knows like she can't do anything to help him. Yeah. And. We'll talk about, like, the actual, like, body horror part, like, of the ending. But, like, the actual way that the film ends is such, like... At first, in my mind, I was like, wow, that was, like, very abrupt, like, how it just ended immediately. And then I was like, but that makes sense. Because, like, once Seth dies, the relationship ends. So the movie ends because they have nothing left to do. Yeah. So yeah. I thought that was a, like a really cool intake on it. I don't know if Cronenberg meant to do it like that, but like to me, that was like a really cool way to finish off the film. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> once, what's his name? What's the boyfriend's name? Oh, Stanthus or yeah, Stathis. Yeah, Stathis. Um, he fucking comes in with like. A suitcase and a rifle, like, yeah. and he builds the rifle there. That was kind of cool. I mean, <laughs> I like, guess. like just building it, but like also, what a like a flex to just do this shit. Yeah, um, and like uh, for no reason, like he, well, I don't know what their job. What are they? What is their? They're like magazine writers. Yeah, they're journalists. And it's just like, why do you like? Why are you just so good with guns? Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, how do you know how to put this together? Yeah, um, but yeah, I don't know. Like his whole character is just so strange, and when he when he ends up going to Seth's, you know 
laboratory <laughs> uh and and he's and he's there and he's like kind of waiting for him to like show up and then dexter shows up <laughs> <laughs> uh it's just kind of strange i don't mm-hmm. know that's like really my only problem is just like but we got great like um great stuff with it from Seth throwing up on like his hand and his leg. Yeah, that's fucking like that shit is crazy, dude. Mm-hmm. When 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 he throws up on his ankle and you're just watching the ankle like just disintegrate, fucking disintegrate in front of him, and he passes out from just absolute horror and pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's I mean good. that's that's really where Seth has become the actual monster mm-hmm. because at that point he he's you know actively pretty much trying to kill this guy. Yeah, and at that point it's like the mental game has kind of. The fly has won at that mm-hmm. point. Yeah, which uh, is cool. Like, I, I like the idea because, like, it is kind of set up throughout the entire film that Stathis is the villain in the film. Yeah. And you feel very sympathetic for Seth. And now all of a sudden the tables have turned. Right. And it's like, okay, Seth is the villain in it. And you don't give a shit about Stathis, so it's okay that he's dying. <laughs> but you give a shit about Veronica. Yeah, you definitely care about Veronica, but but you do definitely still care about Seth. Like mm-hmm. like I was saying earlier, like he's kind of a victim because you're he, he's not he doesn't want like the way that he's acting and and the fact that he's becoming this monster and and is actually injuring and hurting them is not like intentional. No. He he has he's just he's, you know, fighting. Yeah, it's basically like he's fighting the animal instincts that are now becoming like who he is. Yeah. And I mean, like when you get to the end where she, he's, he's got this warped mentality now where it's like, okay, if both of us go into the pods, we'll be fused together as human, but we'll also have the baby. So we'll be like the perfect being with a child together. Yeah. And it's like, at that point you realize like how far he's really fallen off. Yeah. And then of course too, with Veronica, like pushing him back and like the jaw falling off. Oh, and man. then the final transformation into like the, of the full actual fly. fly. <laughs> it's so good looking. Oh my God. It's incredible. The way that this fucking face just cracks open mm-hmm. and then the fly is inside. Yeah. And it's like the final thing of like all his humanity is gone, except for when he gets put into the pod and then teleports and now he's become like part machine parts. Yeah. Because he ends up getting fused with the teleportation, which again is kind of like what I was saying is like a metaphor of him and like being obsessed with his work. Mm -hmm. And like now at this point he has literally been fused with his work. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then, I mean, at that point you really feel bad. Yeah. Because he's so, He's so far gone. Yeah, and but but he just he can't even do anything at this point. Like he can't defend himself mm-hmm. because he's just so injured. And he when he puts the shotgun up against his own head and he's like fucking put me out of my misery. I mean, yeah. it's it's honestly heartbreaking. It is, and it is the final thing where it's like you understand that Seth is still in there somehow. Yeah, but there is no way to go back at this point. Yeah, you fused with metal and fly. You cannot go back to human. <laughs> I the one thing that one other thing that I don't love and this was just kind of like an eighties thing mm-hmm. was when she shoots him, it's like explosive, and, yeah, and, and, and it's like it, and yeah. it looks just like how all of the movies in the eighties look with that like it's like a very specific kind mm-hmm. of explosion looking, and and it's just I don't know like that is like <laughs> it just doesn't age very well. It mm-hmm. looks very fake. It looks something like out of Star Wars. Like it looks you know like like there's. There's um, just too much of an explosion. Yeah, and it's just too much. And it's mm-hmm. just like, okay, that's just not what would happen. I mean, b- by the size of the rifle, like, you can kind of be like, okay, maybe. Well, but yeah, like, it, for sure, like, there would be 
it would be graphic and his head would probably fucking explode. But I don't know. It just does. It that just doesn't age very, very well. I'm sure there are circuits inside of his mind now because of the metal. That is true because he is part machine. Mm-hmm. There's so. a, probably a circuit box that will explode on impact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just anything to defend it because it's a, it's a great movie and I, we don't we don't want to uh you know exactly we don't, we don't want to talk shit about it too much. Eight and a half cheeseburgers out of ten. No, it's very very good and it is um absolutely worth a watch. Like I said, it's kind of an unconventional pick Mm -hmm. if you're kind of having um, like a movie night with your friends and you guys are like, Hey, what, you know, like a horror movie night. Like it's, it's just, it's unconventional because it's mostly a love story. Mm -hmm. But I do think that the ending is, is really where it does get classified as, as body horror and and as a kind of horror film, not a traditional horror film, Mm -hmm. but, a horror film nonetheless. Yes, and one that pushed the boundaries at the time. Yeah. So, I love this film. No, it's very good, and um, and I'm glad we did it. Mm-hmm. So, you got a recommendation? Of course I have a recommendation. Sticking with the theme of Halloween. Halloween? Hallow. Hallow's Eve. Hallow's ween. <laughs> Hallow's weenie. <laughs> um, uh, and kind of being an unconventional movie, I kind of wanted to do a unconventional recommendation. And that is an album that is Mm -hmm. based upon and was thematically arranged around the idea of horror movies um, and just classic kind of horror tropes. And I've kind of, I think I've recommended them before, um, but I really wanted to give recognition to this one specific album. So the artist is clipping. Yes, um, and talk. I recommended an album called Splendor and Misery, which is about a man who's like going insane in space, mm-hmm. and it's awesome. Uh, but they have released two albums, kind of both like brother and sister albums, um, and it's called There Existed an Addiction to Blood, mm-hmm. and it is hip hop, it's yeah. rap, but it is considered like horrorcore. Which I didn't know was like even a thing. You know, it's funny too because like while we were doing like the whole horror movie like style recommendations, like I was trying to think of like, is there anything that you can do for like horror music other than just being like the cliche ones? Right. Yeah. Um, and I think this does really a really good job. It's very like John Carpenter esque with like the music. It kind of almost feels like him and his sons fucking like made the like yeah. It really it has like the John Carpenter kind of feel. Um, and then the stories that he's telling are fucking graphic. I mean, they're really like they're classic kind of like it feels like a Michael Myers story. It's about serial killers and guys like stalking through their windows and people running and you know in high school football fields away from a mass killer and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, and it's just told in really great detail. And on top of it, the the, in, the instrumentation is really cool. Um, one thing that I will say is that the album ends in like a really strange way of literally like a 20 minute song. It's called Piano Burning and it is literally just the sounds of them lighting a piano on fire and just recording <laughs> the noises oh, okay. of, of it. Well, they so, are the, like the weird guys yeah. that just throw trash cans downstairs yeah, yeah, and then yeah. just They're, clip those in. Yeah, so like it's literally an 18 minute track of just a piano burning. <laughs> and it's okay. like so strange and weird. Um, but I highly recommend the album. I think that clipping is worth um uh worth a, a shot if you're into more experimental hip hop or just you know willing to try anything. 
Um, so, Zach, what are we doing next? Frank, up next, we are going to be doing our top favorite horror movie survivors in films. Ah, yes. Mm. The ones that got away. <laughs> <laughs> um, until the sequel. Yes. Uh, cool. Zach, take us out. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Now, Frank, be afraid. Be very afraid. <laughs>